This is Wessler Media. I remember Governor Voinovich uh, telling me after he was senator, a U.S. senator, that he really did not get what the fair was all about when he was governor. But when he became a grandfather, he found out what the fair was all about by bringing his grandchildren here. The Ohio State Fair and Wessler Media are proud to present A Fair to Remember, discovering the stories and people behind this statewide tradition. This is Season 1, Episode 10. Well, it's because you all have a shared memory with that, and so that comes with that feel of community. And so when everyone comes through either 11th Avenue or 17th or the Cardinal opening, it's like, okay, I'm home again. That's the way I feel every year. So in episodes one through nine, we've taken you through some really unique, powerful, and sometimes kind of bizarre stories of the Ohio State Fair. The history, animals, love stories, competition, entertainers. And by the way, if this is the very first episode you've heard, you should probably go all the way back to the beginning so you can get a really great big picture of the Ohio State Fair. But if you want to listen to this one when you're not at the fair, that's okay. You'll just kind of have to let your imagination work as we walk through some physical locations at the fair and where these stories happen that were featured in this podcast. So let's begin at the 11th Avenue entrance. So walk over there, and I'll see you here in a couple of moments. Our goal in this episode of A Fair to Remember is to really immerse you in the stories that are featured on this podcast. Look to your right, and you'll see the Rabbit and Poultry Pavilion. To your left should be the Cox Fine Arts Center. And now just visualize with me for a second. Imagine it's 1953. Take a look around and visualize women in dresses, men in suits, and children with rats in their hands. The most effective rat and mouse killer the world has ever known. There's never been anything like it before. There on, on the fairgrounds was a, a company that was exhibiting rat poison. Well, you see, little Elmer and his friends, the rats and mice, are pretty smart. And obviously you need rats if you're gonna show an exhibit of them being poisoned. If the bait has a distinctive taste or if it kills too quickly, rats and mice have a way of warning their friends and family. So they offered kids a free admission if you brought a live rat with you to the fairground. As I said, it's SS 101 that makes the bait so enticing. And they got their live rats, but they had to make a second call. There was that much demand. The most effective rat and mouse killer the world has ever known. Yes, that is an entirely true story. We cover the history of the Ohio State Fair in Episode 1. But to truly dive deep, check out C. LeVon Shook's book, It is a History of the Ohio State Fair. Next, walk over to the Brown Sheep Arena. It's past the Giant Slide, the Taft Coliseum, and just north of the Bricker Marketplace. Here in the Brown Sheep Arena is where Jim and Jill Brandt spend much of their time at the fair. In episode two, we got to know them and their hard work in this industry. A pair of twin lambs that their uh, mother okay. doesn't have enough milk. So uh, we're kind of supplementing things. That's sweet. The good lambs take on the form of an athlete in all reality. I mean, they their muscle pattern. Um, and, and so... You know, some of these little guys are born and they don't have a lot of muscle pattern. There's some that really, really have it. 
It's funny when you leave them out of there and, and those old ewes are all standing around, how those lambs find their mommies and the mommies find the lamb. You know, even though they've been away from them for 24 hours or 30 hours. Well, I mean, at least in my my estimation, they look all the same. Yeah, yeah. Isn't that, isn't that awesome? Yeah. Well, you know, and I think a lot of it, a lot of it has to do with uh, the the smell. You know, it's just like we as humans, you know. We turn now to episode three and love at the fair. So head on over to the Sky Glider and come back to this episode when you get there. So we talked about in episode three, the Sky Glider, or the Sky Rider, as some people call it. It's played a really critical role in some people's lives. For example, it's Matt McCoy and Michelle Brecher. We ate at the Schmidt stand before we went on the Sky Ride. I do remember going into the Celeste Center, though, before that and seeing some sneak peeks of the, the Tim McGraw and Faith Hill concert. I had the ring and had it in my pocket. I remember him starting his his spiel. <laughs> I remember vividly thinking, don't drop it, don't drop the ring, don't drop the ring. <laughs> I thought, oh, it's coming, finally. <laughs> I think I might have said, don't drop it before I said yes, but. <laughs> One of the things I vividly remember is the smile on Michelle's face after we got off the ride. I, you were just walking back after we got done with the ride, and it took her a while to say yes, because I think she was just happy. Uh, but she had this huge smile on her face, and I was it, was, it was a good night. It was a very good night. Brian Shankman, he's the owner of the Bulk Candy Store and also the inventor of the Fried Buckeye. That one treat has landed him some major attention. So head up to his booth. It's just slightly north of the Main Street stage and look for the big purple tents. Okay, so you're near the Bulk Candy Store now. Here's a bit of background on what you're looking at. And I scrambled around and I found some Buckeyes from a local company, and I tried it, and I threw it in the fry later, and I'm like, please float, please float, please float. And it didn't float, but it came out, and it was awesome. I mean, it was great. But all I had was these little corn dog fry laters. When you touched it with the tongs, if any of the batter came off and the chocolate hit the oil, it exploded. So they were exploding right and left. The oil was black. My girls were crying. The girl was crying so much, I said to folks, I said, folks, I gotta close down for 45 minutes. I've got to clean this oil out for her. So for that 45 minutes, not one person stood offline. We never, ever expected the response that we got that year. So let's cross 17th Avenue, and hopefully it's open when you get there. But check out the Cardinal Building. If you're not at the fair right now, that's all right. You could just use your imagination. If you are, pause this, and I'll see you back here when you get there. The Cardinal Building is where a lot of the competitions take place. And in episode five, you met my sister Margaret, who also jokingly has an arch nemesis. There is a specific competitor who every year shows up in full force. And as someone who competes annually, um, I see this woman every year and she is she is my arch nemesis. We have never we've never spoken. <laughs> it's serious business. 
We are constantly competing against each other in the live cooking challenges where it's like, you know, the breakfast challenge, for instance. That year again, I won first place and you have no idea, absolutely no idea how excited I was to win first place in that competition and to finally, finally beat her in something. It is a huge joke amongst uh, me and some of like my circle of friends. It's like, yes, I have this arch nemesis at the fair. You know, it's just American to, to kind of want to compete and win. Let's head south now and stand in front of the Celeste Center. You can pause this podcast if you like, and I'll be here when you get there. Or just keep listening. So take a look at the Celeste Center. It's approximately on this site where the grandstand used to be. Roughly where the Midway and the Buckeye Ag Complex are, well, that's where the dirt track was where horse racing used to be. In the episode discussing concerts, Historian C. LaVon Shook and I took a look at famous performances that have been here. They got Johnny Cash and June Carter. Now, she wasn't with him every time. Okay. But uh, a total of 11 times. So Johnny Cash, 11 times. The Osmonds, 10 times. Red Skelton, Red Skelton, four right. times? Wow. Right. Dolly Parton, five. REO Speedwagon, four. Cheap Trick, six. Sandy Patty, Christian Artist, four. Willie Nelson, nine. Rascal Flatts, seven. So next, walk over to the Butter Cow, which is located just south of the Coliseum in the Dairy Building. So you're looking at the Butter Cow? Well, here's some facts about that bovine. So the display itself um, typically uses around a ton of butter. There's always a Butter Cow and Calf. So the Butter Cow herself um, has been a part of the fair since the early 1900s and um, it was much later when the butter cow found a home in the dairy products building in the 1920s we added a calf and then in the 60s they added a theme to go with it so multiple sculptures we dismantle the display Um, we do that by uh, we've done gosh There's no um, magic formula. Some years we've turned off the cooler to let the butter soften, to remove it from the um, armatures. Uh, Other years we've just scraped it off of the armatures. Um, But then we put it, the butter into tubs that then go to a place that recycles uh, like vegetable oils um, that is used in cooking like for fast food, like a lot of the stands around here, and they refine it uh, down into a product that they can then use in fuel, cosmetics, animal feeds, uh, things of that nature. Our last stop on the self-guided tour is the gazebo stage. You'll find it just north of the Taste of Ohio Cafe. Head over there now, and if you're not at the fair, just imagine you're walking past the monster mural and the administration building. Right over there at the gazebo stage, that is where Mike Goudeau calls home for the 12 days of the fair. Um, I used to juggle a chainsaw as part of my show, and one day I dropped the chainsaw and it hopped off the front of the stage and an old lady caught it just perfectly as if she were a juggler and she stood up and revved it at me like she was going to cut me in half and then handed it back to me. Uh-huh. <laughs> I was like, how can I be so lucky, so stupid as to drop a chainsaw in the audience and yet so lucky as to have this old lady just catch it and hand it back to me. It's nuts. 
and uh, I, I love this job. I have a, I have a currently an 18-year-old son with autism, and he and I are going to sail around the world because uh, there's nothing better for him than travel. When he is traveling, he is open to everything. We're building jobs out of our own hands. You know, it's not dependent on anything or anyone. It's this is what we are. We built, we built careers out of nothing. You know. Let's wrap up now with a few people who've got some great memories from the fair. We'll talk now with Fair General Manager Virgil Strickler, who's got quite a history and love for the High State Fair. Going into the barns and seeing all the livestock, that's my first thing. And then to see the horse show. And then when it comes to going down, my family has to go down the yellow slide together. And then we also have to ride the sky ride. When it comes to eats, I mean, my family, uh, we love, we have our certain pizza that we love here, or the lemon shakes that we love here, and, and uh, the fries that you can get here at the fair. Last year, I was very honored in, in getting into the Ohio Agricultural Hall of Fame, but to have all my children there and have my great kids, and uh, to remember uh, why I'm there, and that is because of the Ed Johnsons, the Tom Prices, the Bobby Mosers, Jack Fishers, all these people that have been leaders ahead of me and with me that, that um, believe in this great state fair too. And during this journey of producing a fair to remember, I got to sit down with a group of people who are seriously dedicated to the Ohio State Fair. The 50-Year Club, Connie Cahill, Gary Wilson, and Barb Prince. Any person who has attended a fair 50 years ago is automatically a member, whether they choose to be a member or not, but that's their option, but they are automatically a member. No fees, no dues, you just need to attend a fair. We don't care if you were an infant and carried somebody carried you in. That's the voice of Barb Prince. She's actually a fair employee and a part of the 50-year club, and also she handles all the entries in the competitions at the fair. I know that I was carried in as an infant. <laughs> That's Gary Wilson, another member of the 50-year club. And I, I don't recall those days, uh, but my earliest association that I recall from the fair is also with the High Poultry Association, um, as my father um, was really big in, in poultry. Um, we had about 10,000 laying hens, which is huge back in those days. Connie Cahill, a past president of the 50-year club. Well, it's because you all have a shared memory with that. And so that comes with that feel of community. And so when everyone comes through either 11th Avenue or 17th or the Cardinal opening, it's like, okay, I'm home again. That's the way I feel every year. This has been such a special part of my entire life that, okay, I'm gonna get to be here for the three weeks, the two weeks, the 10 days, whatever it might be as we've evolved over the years. You know, um, it's, it's just a very special time. Look around you now, or picture the Ohio State Fair in your mind. Everyone is making some kind of personal history right now, whether it's big or small. Each and every fairgoer carries a story with them. What's so fascinating is how all these stories come together for 12 days every year and congregate on these grounds. The story and fair experiences you carry, while maybe not featured on a podcast, are a part of the fabric of this great event. 
When at the fair, don't fall into a routine of your traditions. While those are great and wonderful, make an effort to connect with someone you might normally not talk with. Speak with a farmer, a vendor. Look at them in the eyes. Thank them. Get to know their name. Get to know them as a person, not just what they do for a living. While many of us are busy or unconsciously married to routine, that shouldn't stop us from connecting with our fellow man and listening to them and getting to know their story. Perhaps your fair experience would be enhanced by hearing a story that isn't on a podcast. Perhaps getting to know this unique community around you would make the Ohio State Fair for you a fair to remember. There's never yet been that feeling on the days leading up to or certainly the first morning of the fair when I don't get out of my car and I go, oh, here we are, another year. And it's just a sense of excitement. It's like starting my school years. Every year was going to be a new year and there's just something I can't, I don't know if I can put it in words. It's very powerful for me. A Fair to Remember is presented by the Ohio State Fair and produced by Westland Media. Shout out to executive producer and PR manager for the fair, Alicia Schultz. She's given me the great honor and duty to help tell these stories. A special thank you to everyone who's appeared in this podcast, but an extra special thank you to historian LaVon Shook and collector Steve Hyde, who have taken great care to help preserve this history. Our opening theme is the beautiful Ohio Waltz as performed by the 1994 All-Ohio State Fair Band. These episodes are expertly mastered by Joey Gerwin at Orange Judo Recording Studios. To my good friend Jason Witt, I couldn't end this season without thanking you for naming this podcast. And finally, to my beautiful wife, Melina, I love you. Thank you for listening to me and letting me tell you these stories over and over again. This has been a fair to remember. I'm your host, Vince Tornero, and I'll see you next year. Hey, you look familiar. Yeah. How are you? Doing good, doing good. Squeeze in here. The production you just heard was carefully crafted at the studios of Wessler Media. For more powerfully engaging podcasts and other audio content, visit wesslermedia.com. Stories of overcoming adversity, intense and unexpected twists and turns, education, encouragement, and plenty of those, did you hear that, moments. Hear more and talk to us about creating your own podcast, from large and detailed projects to smaller, more personal-sized productions. That's wesslermedia.com. W-E-S-S-L-E-R-media.com.